0: Welcome back to another week of the Rev MD podcast. I just want to give a shout out to our listeners. I am so appreciative of the people you guys have shared this podcast with and with the reviews. It just means that we are able to reach more folks, help teach physicians and other healthcare team members. All there is to know about medical billing and revenue, and really, at the end of the day, that just helps us all be more successful. And if you haven't had a chance to review, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this and leave us a review. We would greatly appreciate it. All right. This week, we're going to talk about 99211. So that's our nurse visit coding. Just overall, how do we use this? When is it appropriate? And while this code can be a great source of extra income, it can also be the code that is often misused, especially if you're doing other things like giving a vaccine or injection and that's all that's being done during that visit. And so we're going to talk about some of those nuances and um, go over a few things. So questions often come up to us from our own clients Like, is it correct to report a nurse visit using a 99211 and an E&M office visit reporting something like a 99202 or 99203 or 99215 and include injection fees with that vaccine product? And we're going to answer that question today, right? We're going to talk about when it's correct to add that 99211, when you you should instead do an E&M visit. And when neither of those are appropriate to use, because it can get confusing if you can bill an E&M during the same visit where a vaccine is administered. And then really this kind of comes down to, do, do we understand the definition of a modifier 25? Because when you are seeing a patient, I'll give her an example, when you are seeing a patient. And you do have an instance where maybe a vaccine or an immunization is given, but you're also addressing a problem, which is unrelated, and you use a modifier 25, you can do that when there is a service that's performed that's medically necessary, right, because everything we do is medically necessary, by which that service is significant and separately identifiable to, say, that vaccine. So it all comes down to understanding okay, if I'm gonna also drop an EM, that's gonna be done with a modifier 25. And if I'm doing that, then I have to be able to say that those two things are separate and significantly identifiable. Because CMS states when something is separately identifiable EM service, that is performed at the same time as, a, say, a drug administration service, then it is appropriate to drop that e and And so, for example, say I'm doing a vaccine uh, or an administration of a medication or something, but then I say the patient also notices or says to me, hey, I also bumped my head and fell and lost, you know, I was unconscious, right? I'm, I'm sort of you know, exaggerating this, but say they say all of that at the same time, which is completely unrelated, and then you have to help manage, you know, this head injury, then of course, that's a problem very much unassociated with giving a vaccine or some other injection. So that's when it's appropriate to use an, an E&M, and, and then you use a modifier 25. It's kind of like the same thing when we talked about ENM visits in an annual, right? So if you have an annual, but you also address a problem focused thing that is completely separate than the preventative reason that they're in the office for, and you actually, you evaluated it, you treated it, you documented it, you did something about that, then of course you can also drop an EM visit. And so that's no different than in this scenario, right? So if I've done a vaccine or an injection, but I've also managed a problem and it's separate to that, then that's when you know you're going to be able to drop that Em code now the 99211 right that's that's the code to drop when a nurse has seen that patient right and so that is the incident where you 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 drop that 99211 if there say is a nurse visit right the nurse has checked a blood pressure medication or you know talked with the pe- patient about a medication managed that issue then that's appropriate to drop a nurse's visit um, now, if you say, have a patient that comes in, they see a nurse, um, and they also see a physician who bills a 99213, then you can't also bill a 99211 because it's part of the 99213. So you can't bill both of those on the same day. You're going to build a higher complexity code that's appropriate. So you're not going to see both of those together. But say a patient comes in for just a nurse visit, they come in, they do a, an injection or vaccine, but then they the nurse also does, you know, a dressing change or something completely unrelated, then they could drop the 99211 with a modifier 25. So that's where you're going to be able to provide that additional code. And you just kind of have to be careful of this. So say you have a patient coming in purely to get labs drawn, but that's the only thing that they're doing, and those labs are billed out separately, you're not going to drop a 99211. You're not going to have a nurse visit because the nurse didn't do anything for that, right? And so you do also have to recognize that the 99211, so that's, again, the nurse visit CPT code for the e there is an incident to rule that applies when reporting this code. And so services must be provided when they are documented as medically necessary, right? And that's always the, the buzzword. Everything's got to be medically necessary, but then you also have to make sure that the nurse is documented a clinical history and an exam, some sort of decision. And we have to always recommend or make sure that there's physician supervision, right? That the physician doesn't have to come in, but they have to be able to, um be present in the building and that that's just those incident two billing which i've talked about in the past um and you should be able to go find all right so we've got a situation where you're doing just an injection so that's like those codes of 907 83 84 88 again you're not going to want to also drop the 99211 if you were just doing an injection right you would only drop that 99211 if you're doing something else and that is something you know that would be completely separate and qualified outside of the injection code, right? So like that blood pressure checkup, addressing change, and that's where you would use that ENM. So again, that's vaccines, injections, whatever. Now, again, say you have a situation where you've given an injection, a vaccine, the nurse has, you know, managed addressing change or something, but then the patient also sees a physician. So that's like the 99202 to, to 205, if it's a new patient. Or nine nine two one two through nine nine two one five, then you're not going to also then report the nine nine two one one. So just clarifying, I know I said it earlier. You just you're not going to build those on the same day. So you would always build a higher complexity what the physician did, and that's considered to be wrapped up into whatever is going on um, with the patient with the physician visit. So there are other visits that may be reported with a nine nine two one one. And nurses, of course, are not the only staff that can report this code. Of course, medical assistants and techs are also included under non-physician. Now, if you want to think about when can I bill a 99211, I'm going to talk about a few of those examples so that you can understand, okay, that's what that means when I can bill that. And again, we're going to leave our J codes, our injection codes, our vaccines, put those all aside, right? Because those have their own component. You only add on that 99211 when you truly have something separate and significantly identifiable, right? That's medically necessary. So put that into a bucket. And then, of course, if the patient also sees a physician where you drop another E&M, then you're not going to drop the nurse's visit. So you can kind of think of this in like three buckets. So when I think about when can you drop that 99211, so that nurse visit, you're going to be thinking about things like an office visit for an established patient, like I said, for a blood pressure check or medication monitoring or advice. Now you do have to document the history and blood pressure and medications and actually the advice that you give. And you're going to want to be able to show that in your chart, right? You you, you guys all know, if we didn't document it, it's not done. Another example is, say you're doing an office visit for an established patient for return to work certificate and advice, exam and, and recommendations are then noted in the chart. This is all done. You actually complete a return to work certificate. That's completed, it's faxed, it's in your documents. That can also be an example of a 99211. Another example is you have an office visit for an established patient, who say is on a regular immunotherapy? Who then des- developed some sort of side effect: wheezing, rash, swollen arm after the last injection, and so the nurse maybe discuss adjustments, um, and or. Say those, actually those adjustments were discussed with the physician and an injection is given, and then a history exam and doshas and follow-up instructions are then recorded. So that would be another example where you could do a 99211 or maybe potentially higher depending on the complexity. Um, Another example is say you have a patient, they're coming in, they're established for a methotrexate injection, you do some monitoring labs. You're talking about signs and symptoms or the nurses, you're doing vital signs, you're doing repeat testing, and then you're talking about you know the injection, et cetera, and you're giving some advice. Of course, all of this information is recorded and um, reviewed by the physician. And of course, in that circumstance, if the 99211 is billed, the injection code is not separately billable. So you got to kind of be careful you're not double dipping. So those are just some examples. Um, say, you know, you have a patient who's on warfarin or an anticoagulant and whether they're established or new patient, they're coming in, they're, they're, you know, they have a bruise that's being checked by the nurse and the patient is advised on how to care for the bruise, what they should be concerned about, what changes they should make with their medication and, you know, skipping a dose, et cetera. And you document history exam and dosage and instructions, et cetera, then all of that can be billed by the nurse as the 99211. The, you know, there's a a ton of these I could sit there and and give examples of, but these are just some things that I found that are examples. Um, You know, I think, again, it's important for the staff to recognize when they can drop these. Um, It's important for, obviously, incident two billing uh, guidelines to be in place so that you know that a physician is there and um, that those are followed. And last, don't uh, drop a 99211 when you're dropping other injection or um, vaccine codes when a separate and significantly identifiable issue is not present. Again, think about that EM modifier, you know, your modifier 25, which you put on the E&M code. So if that does not meet medical necessity, or if that is not something that's documented, then you're not going to be able to also drop that. So hopefully this helps kind of clarify issues around the 99211. Um, Again, really want to make sure that if you do have a separate and significantly identifiable issue going on that those have been recorded. It is in the documentation and then you can bill for it. If it at all, any questions about this, or if you're worried about how you've been doing this, I highly, highly suggest a coding audit. This is something your practice should always be doing annually, if not more frequently than that. Um, It is just one of those things that is good practice so that you don't wake up one day with an audit and owe money back or have been losing money for years at a time. So get your coding audit this year. We have full-time coders, of course, that are available to do that and happy to do that. We typically suggest around 20 to 40 charts per patient. And typically what that looks like, or sorry, not per patient, per physician. And typically what that looks like is the physician or the practice is deciding, okay, give us the list of um, a random set of kind of different types of patients that are seen and let us audit those. Then the audit team goes through those, they provide not only recommendations on if it was you know, undercoded or overcoded, uh, but then we can also sit down and go over with the practice some examples and education. So it's a really beneficial thing for practices, and highly, highly suggest. And as always, if you guys don't know, uh, we are a full service medical billing and coding company. We help provide recommendations to medical staff so that everyone. Uh, can really get the revenue they deserve. So hopefully this is an episode that helps you guys bill appropriately, get the revenue you deserve and help documentation. If you do want to reach out, you can check us out on our website, nationalrevenueconsulting.com or email info at com. All right. Great to speak with you and have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week.